Evening, Rue. Evening, Nick. How are you today? I'm very well. Good. Me too. Another week. Another Beardy Dads. Another week. Episode 12. Wow. That means that my son Oliver is 13 weeks old on Tuesday. And that means my little Lauren is six weeks on Monday. And your son Toby is still, what, about three and a half? Yeah. By pure coincidence, he's exactly, we realised quite recently, exactly six months between the two birthdays. Oh, right. Yeah. That's quite convenient. So, you know, the two children, we've got their birthdays equally spaced. <laughs> Beardy Dads! So what have you been up to this week? Uh, well, I've been to the zoo with you. That was quite fun. <laughs> we we went to the zoo, didn't we? Yeah, we met up today. Uh, we both had the day off and we went with our wives and children to Marwell Zoo, which was brilliant fun. It was a lot of fun. A bit rainy. Yeah, it was drizzly, yeah. The weathermen lied to us, but uh, it was good. It was very nice. We got to appreciate the indoor bits and the outdoor bits, and it was nice to hang out with you guys and, and your lovely children. We should have taken the recorders. Yeah, we could have done the live Beardy Dads from out in the field, literally. Yeah, an outside broadcast. Maybe next time. So what it did mean was I got to push your buggy for a while, which was quite mm. nice. I think you've mentioned it in passing before, maybe. Yeah, it's a mother care, My Choice 3. So they're, they're three-wheel little buggy. I quite liked the three-wheeledness of it. Yeah, I, I like the, the look of it. It looks dinky. It's quite lightweight and nice and small and compact and low to the ground. I mean, I guess it's just sort of missing a whole quarter that a four-wheel one has. It's the Robin Reliant of buggies. Yes, and, you know, they're famous for tipping over. Well, when Toby was young, it did tip over once. Oh, really? Yeah, on the slope of our drive, um, we just sort of parked it at the wrong angle. And yeah. over it went. Interesting. I was going to ask yeah. whether it was as stable as something that had a wheel in each corner. Typically, on the flat, when you're going along, it's no problem at all. Mm-hmm. I know Joe was worried about curbs, going up and down curbs with the one wheel at the front. Yeah. But actually, I find it easier because it's... Yeah, it doesn't rock as you go off if you go off at an angle, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. And what was yours? Because your, I have to say, yours was not a make I recognised from from when we had look, looked at buggies three years ago? Well, we picked ours up in Kiddie Care, and it was called the Upper Baby Vista. Right. And it's compatible with the Maxi Cozy car seats, which is quite handy. Yep. And it has its own buggy seat thing, but he's not quite at the size to need that yet, so we're still mm. in the um, either in the car seat, which is separate, uh, but, as I said, compatible, or... Yep. It comes with a pram bassinet cot thing as well. Right, uh, yeah. Which is really good. And um, we partly got because it was suitable for overnight sleeping as a travel cot if needed. Oh, that's handy. One fewer thing to have to worry about. Yeah. So with, with ours, it, yes, it came with the the bassinet bit, which converts into the seat as well. Oh, interesting. So like a transformer, it folds from one, one to the exactly. other. Exactly. Which, which is handy because it's just one less thing to store. Hmm. But does have the downside that... When you're using it as the bassinet, it's not rigid. It's not got a solid base. Right. When you put it down on the ground, it sort of crumples down. Okay, a little bit like it's folding rather than yeah, uh, rather so than it, rigid. It's not ideal for use as... Well, not ideal. It's probably not safe at all to use as a... Sat on the floor as, as something for them to sleep in. Yeah, um, yeah. With Toby, we used it a little bit as a Moses basket type thing. Based on that experience, this time round we we did actually go and get a Moses basket for Lauren, partly inspired just having seen yours. Well, and the Moses basket in our house, which is a lovely old wicker basket, 
is probably 38, 40 years old, something like that. Wow, wow. It was the one that I had as a child. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So it's been passed down. So ours was, given we knew we only needed it for six months, we bought the absolute cheapest one they sold in right. Kitty Care. Because yeah. you could spend anything from, I think, 30 or 40. You could spend, they had ones for like 100, 200 pounds. And it's, if it, you want it to be an heirloom that's going to last 40 years, fair enough. But still, for, for an object you're only going to be using for six months. Yeah, um, kids, kids do grow out of Moses baskets really quickly, don't they? Yeah, so I'm under no illusions that this thing, uh, sort of woven reed effect basket. It looks yeah, a bit it, like a laundry basket, doesn't it? A lot like a laundry basket, and yeah, I'm I'm sure it will start falling apart at some point. Handily reusable as a log basket or as a, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought about it for the log burner. That's a very good idea, Rio. I like that. <laughs> We're all about the money-saving tips. Easy, Dad. So when you chose your travel system, how did you go about choosing it? Did you do a lot of research? We did some amount of research. Uh, I think given given the huge range out there, you could do a lot of research if you chose to. Hmm. Um, I think we, well, just my patience with the subject just probably put a, a natural box on how much time we were going to spend on this. I think... We started with picking the car seats, and we spoke about those a few episodes ago. So hmm. uh, I think we ended up just going with Maxi Cozy, and that kind of then dictated... Well, that reduced the range of travel systems you could then go for, because you wanted one, as you were saying, that's compatible with your car seat. Yeah, just for convenience, really. Yeah, and we had tried a couple out from friends, and I don't know, We I think we just ended up... I mean, this was before the big kiddie care opened down the road from us where you can go and try this big range. The only place around here where you could do that sort of thing was either going to be uh, John Lewis, Mummers and Papas or Mother Care. Mm-hmm. And in Southampton, those three shops are pretty much next door to each other. So I think we just did a day of going to each one. Yeah, the Mother Care just seemed to be the... It's just straightforward, no-nonsense... Um, things like it was really easy to collapse and it fitted in the boot of the car just simple practical things like that and did you um, try it yeah. in your car did you take it out and, and yeah. put it in yeah uh, i mean they're really useful all those shops you know they let you try them out and um very practical tip you know make sure your your buggy fits in the boot of your car cuz over the next 2 or 3 years you're going to be lugging that in and out all the time you're going to be doing that a lot. And if I can add another tip, if you're buying a car seat and Isofix base thing, it only takes a few extra minutes. Why not take it out and plug it into the car and make sure that it actually fits? And then, mm. handy tip from me, then get into the front seat and try making sure you've got <laughs> enough legroom because we bought a bigger car and it's still not big enough. The, the Citroen C3, which was an upgrade from the C1, uh, it yeah. turns out that then having fitted the car seat to it, there's not quite enough room for me to drive or be a passenger if if I'm uh, in front of the car seat. So that's uh, yeah. slightly annoying. I, I can see that being a bit of a problem for you, Rui. <laughs> I am six foot four. So, uh, yeah, the, the combination of that plus the car seat, especially in its rear-facing configuration. Yeah. Um, yeah, slightly, slightly less space in there than I thought. So we are mm. actually thinking at the moment about upgrading again, which is slightly annoying and slightly painful, but it will be... Mm, yeah, maybe worth it. 
it's not like they're going to suddenly start taking up less space in the back of the yeah, car. So. That's true. That's um, true. Yeah, as someone who's just now having to deal with basically the entire back seats now taken up by children, uh, <laughs> it's um, certainly a challenge. So we were saying um, trying out the uh, putting the buggy in the boot is a really good idea as well because knowing that it fits in in whichever orientation uh, and knowing that you've got a bit of extra space yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was watching you today putting yours into your boot, and it seems like uh, it's it folds down nice and small. You, you get quite a lot of lot of spare space as well. In the um, the car we've got at the moment, it goes in whole, if you like. But the car we had at the time, um, you just had to take one of the wheels off to get it to fit in to lie okay. flat. Right. That's what we discovered when we were at Mothercare trying it out, and the fact these wheels just come off in a second. You know, there's a little clip you push, and the wheel pops off. Um, it was just yeah, understanding that. And then the other tips are, um, and this is one probably counts against the buggy we chose, was it's all about where you put the shopping. So R1, it's got this little basket underneath, but it's a side opening basket with a flap that you can shove stuff, you know, stuff stuff in. It would have been so much handier. I've seen some that have literal baskets that you can just put like shopping bags into and that type of thing. I get storage envy when I see other buggies and <laughs> so do much, I. Yeah. Yeah, we've got the same uh, sort of design as your one, so it's a uh, an underslung mesh basket. Right. And it's got annoying little zips in the side and there's only just enough room for a couple of shopping bags in there. It's it does feel like it's a constant struggle to try and get things <laughs> in and out of the basket underneath. Yeah. There must be a yeah. better way. And uh, and now particularly we've got the buggy board as well which we spoke about recently. You know, that just gets in the way of, of accessing that storage entirely. So so the buggy board is so that your toddler can have a... Well, it's more than a toddler now, so that your your child, Toby, yeah. can um, can ride along on the back. Yeah, so you can surf on the back whilst we're pushing Lauren along. Um, yeah, very handy thing. Um, mm-hmm. Do you do the thing that I see uh, a lot of, of people doing, and I'm not sure where we picked it up from, but the hanging the baby bag over the handles of the pushchair pram Yes. Thing. Yes. Uh, so it sort of hangs down by your knees, but doesn't really get in the way. Yeah, that that is really handy. And the other thing we've got, and again, this would be a top tip, you can get um, big sort of carabiners, you know, the, the climbing big hooks that you can clip onto the handle. Um, and that just gives somewhere to hang a shopping bag. Yeah. Okay, so um, big enough to clip onto the... Um, like the frame or the handle of the, That's the it, yeah. pushchair and then uh, yeah, handy for strapping things to the side yeah you just clip clip shopping in that's really useful particularly with ours when we haven't got the storage underneath the only there's an issue of counterbalance here when <laughs> when you've got the handle extended yeah with laden down with shopping or um, nappy bag yeah that's been counterbalanced against the weight of your child so um you know, there have been occasions where you realise you've put a bit too much shopping on when right. the front of the buggy starts lifting. But equally, when you um, park up and without thinking, like you, you get back to the car, you've got to be careful the order you unload it. Because if the first thing you do is unclip the car seat to put in the car, you've just removed all ballast and your buggy <laughs> is going to slam, you know, tip right over in the middle of the car park. Shopping straight on the floor. Yeah, I've done that so many times. <laughs> so, Rue, you mentioned uh, you know, the fact you can use your, your buggy as a travel cot type thing as well. Good mm. money-saving tip there. 
Have you come across any of the good tips for us? Uh, well, I suppose the obvious one, um, which we've started doing a bit more of in the last couple of weeks, is just being on the lookout for sales and discounts. So the biggies, like Kitty Care and Mother Care and all those sorts of shops, they are quite seasonal and they do have quite big sales on from time to time. So obviously if you shop around and, and plan ahead a little bit and don't just buy things as you need them but actually are prepared to look out for when things are cheap, then you can save a fortune. Rachel's been making a list of all the stuff that we need and thinking about clothes in sizes coming up, things that we'll need for the winter and things that we'll need for the following summer and how big he'll be at those times. And rather than just going in and buying whatever we see, actually being aware of the gaps that we need to fill. Um, yeah, it's been... that's. Mm been quite handy and she's saved a fortune already well that's good i mean the the one thing i mean joe has almost come become addicted to are the the local charity shops we think there are people very like-minded to us in terms of taste and you know the choice of toys they want for their child who are perhaps one or two years ahead of us right because we went through a phase with toby of just finding the most amazing pristine condition toys at the charity shop for you know, a fraction of what you'd buy them for new. So, so for example, um, I mean, I'm sure listeners with kids will be familiar with the Happy Land range from the Early Learning Centre. We got the Happy Land pirate ship. I mean, you know, that's not a small thing. It's pretty big. I think for two pounds fifty, you know, that's going to be twenty, thirty pounds worth of. of Seriously, toys. wow. Yeah. But also just books, you know, things like that. And just all the just random little, um, just little trinkets and toys Mm. you can pick up just for variety. Even if, you know, you you can pick them up for pence for, you know, one or two pounds. Um, They might only capture interest for a few weeks or months and then well you can take them back to the charity shop you know let someone yeah. else have a play and and you know i will admit you know i i didn't jump at the thought of doing that when i was wanting you know i want nice you know i want the best for my child i want them all brand new hmm. you know unbox everything from but actually you know after after seeing just what you can get yeah i mean that that's that's definitely worth a worth a look and presumably a lot of the stuff that you might pick up secondhand is is plastic and easy to maybe throw in the dishwasher or give it a, yeah. give it a scrub or a steam yeah. or whatever. So the the tip that goes along with that then is Milton. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Milton sterilising solution. You sort of mix up, dilute it in, in some amount of water, and we would get crates of Duplo, for example, from the charity shop, hmm. and Joe would just soak it in this bath of Milton overnight and... You don't need to wash it. You know, it it is sterilising it, yet, I mean, you wouldn't drink it. But I always thought, well, surely if it's sterilising it, you then need to wash off whatever chemicals are doing that sterilising, but but apparently not. So, yeah, you just you just dry it off and it's good as new? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Works safe. And um, I know the pirate ship we got, um, for when you can't necessarily soak, you know, uh, submerge something, you can get Milton wipes and you just, you know, antibacterial wipes and you just go at something and give it a bit um, of a wipe around yeah yeah when you're not opening it pristine for that first time yourself you know you do want to just make sure it's in the best possible condition so yeah i i would i would heartily recommend exploring the charity shops and even now toby enjoys going down because it's it's like a treasure hunt Mm. 
um you know you can with the books whatever it is you never really know what you're going to find it's not like it's the toy shop where you know you know here's the shelf of lego here's the shelf of oxenauts or whatever it might be it's it's a real rummage to see what treasure you can find so right a bit of a random selection yeah but taking him in as well i wouldn't have thought of that that means that you get to see what catches his eye yeah i have another money saving tip we mentioned kiddie care earlier um, yeah so there's this big warehouse thing uh quite near where we live in hampshire it's it's got a really nice feature near the tills there's a couple of aisles of stuff which are generally uh things that have been returned or the box has been opened or whatever right and there's some real bargains to be had there. It's definitely worth if you're if you're passing through. It's definitely worth having a look on those shelves. Um, we saw some travel cots today that were probably slightly better than half price. Um, so maybe again for Graham White, who was asking in the last episode uh, for tips for travel cots. Yeah, Graham, if if you're listening, if you uh, if you pop down quickly, there's a couple in there at the moment for for astonishingly good price. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sort of things you get for baby round the car seat things like that they there's a lot of recommendation you you don't buy second hand you always buy new it's like with with um bike helmets yeah for safety things i think yeah. you, you wouldn't want the risk that it's already been through an accident yeah. but of course yeah if you know the previous owner if they're friend you know because i think graham said how actually um some of what they got was um they bought from friends and you know I guess that's the other money saving tip is find the friends wanting to get rid of all their old stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sure they'll be glad to get it off their hands. That's what we're finding. There's this sort of chain of people who've got babies slightly bigger than yours and slightly smaller than yours. And yeah, yeah you're just as happy to pass it on as you are to receive it. I find. Yeah. Well, we got, um, but it, we were up at, uh, friends of ours, the christening of their twin daughters, um, who are both just over a year now. But it meant we came away from that christening with two carrier bags <laughs> full of the twins' clothes that are too small for them now. Nice. Um, yeah, that was a bumper load for, for Lauren. That's great. So hopefully some helpful money-saving tips there. Um, and if you've got any of your own that you'd like to share with us, please do get in touch. Yes, do get in touch. You can email us, podcast at biddydads.co.uk. And we're on Twitter as at Beardy Dads. And if you want to send in a contribution, I mean, please do. Uh, whether it, whether it is an email, you know, give us some feedback, some thoughts, some ideas, um, new topics to talk about, or if you, you know, want to share something and hear your voice on the podcast, do send us an MP3 because, I mean, that it's so easy to do. Um, it is easy, and if you're worried that you don't have good recording equipment or you know the, the speaker in your laptop isn't very good or whatever, uh, handy tip, your phone is probably the best device that you've got in your pocket for doing this. Um, and if you're using iOS, as a few of our contributors in the past have done, then the built-in voice memos is really good for just recording a quick MP3 and, and emailing it off. Yeah, and actually Graham, who you heard from last week, he did has pointed the way for, for those of us on Android. Uh, there's a an app called HiQ MP3 Recorder, which you know, links links in the show notes as ever. And the free version lets you record up to 10 minutes, which is more than you're ever going to need for a Beardy Dad's contribution. Much more. You probably want two or three minutes at most. Yeah, if you're two or three at most, yeah. This app actually lets you email recordings um, straight out of it. So what could be easier for sending your recordings to podcast at biddydads.co.uk? 
lads. We were talking last week about routines and sleep and all of that sort of stuff. And we, we mentioned a couple of a couple of books and a couple of people who've uh, got theories, including the one that you and Joe have been using, which is, uh, remind me, Nick. It was the uh, Gina Ford book, The Contented Baby's First Year. And we talked a bit about that. And she's quite strict, isn't she? She's, she's got uh, a very certain set of rules. Yeah. Good friends of ours absolutely swear by that book. So, yeah, no, it's, it's working for us. We mentioned another one, um, The Baby Whisperer, a.k.a. Tracy Hogg. Uh, and she has uh, a method called the pick-up-put-down method, which uh, my friend Neil Williams has been, has been using and, again, swears by. I should have mentioned that we've been reading uh, Kim West's book, Good Night, Sleep Tight. Uh, Kim West is uh, also known as the sleep lady. Good Night Sleep Tight talks about creating a routine and helping babies learn to fall asleep by themselves. Uh, and it goes from newborn right of the way up to five years old. Um, okay. I've been sort of picking into it a little bit, but yeah, Rachel's been, been reading it um, a fair bit and mm-hmm. uh, has been getting quite a lot of, of useful tips from it. I, I think um, maybe a good pragmatic read, you know, n- nothing too dogmatic in there there's just some nice principles and some good good stuff to uh to to learn from right i know a lot of our listeners are not yet parents and they're they're maybe close to it uh, and maybe you know sleep and and sleep routines is something you're you're worried about or you're thinking at the moment about what what that might look like or what you might need to do yeah um there's a lot of choices out there and everyone who finds a book uh, and uses it does seem to end up swearing by it and saying this is the one this is the bible <laughs> see that's funny now now you say that a top tip i think has has dawned on me and you know in, learn learn from me on this one when it comes to all the different books you get different books with different phases during pregnancy and coming up to the birth the books are all about dealing with the pregnancy and dealing with the birth mm. and once you've done that you then move on to the right what's the what's the next book to be looking at <laughs> right what do i do for a newborn yeah and something like these books about sleep routine mm. i think I mean, it's worth dipping into those before baby arrives. because That's a really good point, yeah. Because, to be frank, those first few days, when, of course, you're not meant to have routine, <laughs> you know, you're working to their pattern, but, um, you know, that's not going to be the time you're going to be wanting to have some meaningful time reading books and uh, trying to glean lessons from, so... I think that's true, even though the first two or three weeks you've got a free pass really you know you're not going to do anything particularly wrong but it's also not the time that you're going to have any time for reading yeah yeah so definitely worth using some of that time before baby arrives to to just start thinking ahead a bit more and and i think looking back that that's something i personally didn't do um Mm. and i suspect i suspect when joe listens to this she'll remind me that that she was ahead of the game there and she was doing far more than I realised. I think it was the same with us as well. I picked up a couple of books before we came home with a baby uh, and I skimmed through them a bit. One of them I'll talk a, a bit more about in future maybe, um, one that we'd heard a few friends recommend uh, called The Wonder Weeks, which is quite a good read. But the one, the one that I've been picking through a bit more recently is a book by Simon Cave and Caroline Fertelman and it's called Your Baby Week by Week. Uh, it covers the first six months, and it does it literally week by week. So from week zero, which I like because counting from zero very much appeals to me, <laughs> uh, up until week 24. And each week it, it tells you a bit about what to expect, what you're looking for, so you know how much feeding the baby generally does in that week or how much they sleep, 
what sort of nappies to look for or um, how much they're going to be crying. All those development milestones as well. So, you know, this, this week you might expect your first smile or this, this week they're often reaching out for things, that sort of stuff. Right. And we found it to be really accurate. That's really interesting. I think that's the sort of information I think I, I, I feel the need to go find now because I'm seeing your Oliver uh, who's, what, six weeks or so ahead of Lauren. Mm-hmm. And it's easy then to forget, well, when did I remember seeing Oliver do something? Yeah, well, what, and even even longer ago, yeah. you know, your your three and a half year old must be a distant memory now. His his development at, at a few weeks. Oh yeah, no, I I have I have, I think as I prove on this podcast, I I have very little recollection of actual facts as to Cho- Toby's early days. Yeah, well, I would I would definitely recommend this one. It was your baby week by week, um, and uh, yeah, I I think it was passed on from a friend or maybe maybe Rachel spotted it on on Amazon and. Uh, picks it up but it's it's probably the one that we're most regularly turning to just to have that week week by week hmm. reassurance of you know what what should we be expecting what, what yeah. are we looking out for this week yeah that's great so i think it'd be great to hear from any listeners what what books do, have you guys found do you swear by but also you know which books have you found and you actually think well no that's a load of rubbish Oh yeah, anti recommendations. Things yeah. that we can save our time by not looking at. Yeah. Yes, so do get in touch with uh any questions or hints or tips or uh observations, things that you want to share with, with us and our listeners. We're really keen to hear from you. Yeah. And Rue, I mean regular listeners will know one of the ways we do like to hear from you is the reviews on iTunes. Yes, please. We do like it when you give us a review on iTunes. Um, yeah. And I mean, we especially, obviously, we especially like it when they're very positive reviews. But uh, maybe that's just because we haven't had very many bad ones. I mean, that's not necessarily an invitation to be the first to give us a one star review. But, you know, so we, we've we've somehow taken this tack to, to read out every review we receive. It does tend to feel a little, I don't know, um, is it self-serving for us to read out our glowing reviews? Well, you see, Nick, I think we're not doing it for us. I think we're doing it for the listeners who've taken the time to give a review. It's nice to hear their words read out to them on air. That's what yeah. I think. I, I think what what I take from them is just getting that sense that people are actually listening. Exactly. And we're we're taking your, your small voice through the iTunes review and we're amplifying yeah. it. And it gives us a window on the sorts of people who are listening. The, you listeners out there who, who we don't know, we've never met... Um, you know, what situations you guys are in and why is this podcast helping you? What what are we doing right for you? That's what I particularly like uh, hearing. And uh, as you know, Nick, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Telegraph listeners tuning in these days. So, you know, good good to get a bit of a window into their into their souls as well. Absolutely. David803, I don't know if you uh, if you do ha- also happen to read the Telegraph, but um, in, in your review, you, you tell us how you found out about it, which I, I always like. Uh, David823 says... My wife and I recently found out that we're expecting our first child. I was casting around a bit to hear a new father's perspective on fatherhood so I could have some idea of what to expect. Fortunately, very soon after we found out, I downloaded an episode of Shift Run Stop where Rue mentioned beardy dads. Problem solved. I'll just interject here, Nick, to say that uh, I have this other podcast called (laughs) Shift Run Stop. David 83 goes on to say, Even though we're several months off of our new arrival, I'm really enjoying listening to the discussions of what to expect and find it very comforting to hear two new dads speaking so candidly about their experiences. Thank you. Well, there we are. I mean, that's what we're here for, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you, David803. Yeah. And good luck. And 
keep in touch. Let us know how you get on. Um, you know, you're, you're discovering things for the first time much as we did. Share that. We'd love to hear from you. Also, Nick, I'm aware that we both, having recently had new babies, uh, are obviously going to be mainly thinking about that. But, you know, as the podcast matures and as we both uh, develop as fathers and our children get older, I'm sure we'll be talking about other aspects of, of parenthood and fatherhood as well. So if you're listening to this and you're frustrated that we only ever seem to talk about newborn babies um, and you'd like us to think about, you know, starting school or... Uh, oh, I don't know. What else? What, what else have we got look, look, to look forward to? Well, um, I can't imagine we'll get to university tuition fees anytime soon. <laughs> Maybe one but, day. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's, of course, we, you know, we're focused on what we're dealing with right now. I think there's so much I could start bringing in just with having a three and a half year old who starts school in September. Um, you know, just what some of the challenges that poses. If if you've got kids and you're you're holding back contribution because it's not all about nappies and buggies for you, then um, you know don't hold back. You know do do get in touch, share what you think is interesting, um, helpful for for whatever age your children are. Yeah, definitely. This is a podcast for dads, uh, and we we both happen to be dads of fairly new babies. But yeah, we're we're interested in in all aspects of fatherhood, and actually beginning to prepare for the future as well, beginning to think about what, what it means to be a dad as, uh, as time goes on is, is definitely on my mind. Yeah. So this week, uh, thanks to Neil Williams, Thayer, Darren Shaw, Peter Fletcher, Chris Beadle, Nathan Delgano. Yes, I think it is uh, Delgano. I've been saying it wrong for the last few weeks. I think I've been saying Delgrano, but yeah, sorry, Nathan. I'm, I'm fairly sure it's Delgano. Yeah, you are. And, um, you know, a, a, an episode of Beauty Dads would not be complete without a big thanks to Wes West for the theme tune. Massive thank you, Wes. And as ever, we'll be back in your ears next week with more dad chat. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Nick. Yeah, thanks, Rue. Good talking. See you soon. Bye. Bye.